The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC. Hello and welcome into the Hawkeye's Mike Wrestling Podcast on HawkeyesMike.com. I'm KGYM Radio in Eastern Iowa's Tyler Chumlin joining you here on HawkeyesMike.com. Big one coming up this weekend, the Big Ten Wrestling Championships in Madison, Wisconsin at the Kohl Center. I'll be up there. Should be a good time. The Hawkeyes looking to bounce back from the past few seasons. They have not won a Big Ten title in a few years. Taking a look at last year's standings, Iowa did not fare very well to Iowa standards, that is. Iowa expects to be one or two. They were not. They were third last year, just ahead of Ohio State with 133.5 points. They were just behind Minnesota, who had 139 points in second. And Penn State was your winner last year at the Big Ten Wrestling Championships in Champaign, Illinois, with a score of 151 points. They had four champions last year. Iowa with one champion in the national tournament, zero champions in the Big Ten Championships last year. If you remember back to last season, Derek St. John ended up losing to Green from Nebraska. Iowa needs to bounce back a little bit. They had four guys get fourth last year, all losing in the championship bout. Three guys got third, two guys got fourth, and then no one is fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth last season for the Hawkeyes with one uh, wrestler not placing. That was Josh Jeva because he wrestled up at 141. So looking into this year, looking into what's going on for the Iowa Hawkeyes, coming off a pretty successful season, I would say, uh, as far as the dual record is concerned, 15-2 and two overall. Minnesota ends up 13-1. and one. They're ranked number one. Uh, Penn State 15-1 and one as well. It's really interesting because Iowa's 15-2. and two. They only lost one duel in the actual Big Ten, but they lo- both their losses come to Big Ten teams. Uh, back in December, that uh, duel was a friendly, if you will. It was an exhibition against Penn State. Still goes against their total record, but doesn't go against their conference record. So Iowa finishes with 377 points in the Division One coaches poll. They're behind Penn State, who has 390, and Minnesota has 400. Going into this weekend, it's very, very interesting because you look up and down the uh, seeds for the tournament, and Iowa only has one wrestler that's seeded first, and that we're going to get into that here in a little bit. But Iowa really needs to kind of... It's so weird when we talk about the Hawkeye wrestling program because they expect success, but they expect success to such a degree that you look at it as a failure to get third in the Big Tens last year and to not place first in a lot in any in any uh, bracket. It's so weird because any other sport, any other team, really, that's not the requirement. That's not the expectation necessarily. And I had a good chat with Mark Ironside earlier this week, the Hall of Fame wrestler, um, about the University of Iowa, and it's all about expectation. The expectation for the Hawkeyes is to win. They don't lose. That's the expectation. You talk to anyone within the program, whether it's head coach Tom Brands, whether it's Terry Brands, whether it's Dan Gable, whether it's any of the wrestlers, they expect to win. One of the uh, one of the good quotes I had uh, preseason from Tony Ramos was, I don't want to end up being the best wrestler to never win a national championship. If you're Tony Ramos, you haven't even ever won a Big Ten championship. So there's definitely goals. There's definitely a lot to accomplish this week. And I would argue that Iowa has their backs up against the wall a little bit this weekend in Madison. So let's go through this um, all the way through the weight classes, kind of figure out where everyone's going to fall, where Iowa can get those points, where Iowa can end up possibly getting a big win. Because a Big Ten championship, 
would be absolutely huge for the Hawkeyes. Going into the NCAAs, they got a very legitimate chance, I think, to qualify all 10 wrestlers for the NCAA championships where... Penn State, Minnesota, some of those other schools that are right up there at the top may not qualify all 10 guys. So let's talk about this. Let's get into 125. Corey Clark has beat out Thomas Gilman at 125 for the Big Ten Championships. Uh, Tom Brands announced that on Wednesday this last week saying, look, Corey Clark's going to wrestle. He's been wrestling fantastic. He's been great. Um, I think part of this is going into this, he's the two seed. Nico Megalutis is the one seed. You've got Jesse Dogato, who is the two seed. Corey Clark's never wrestled Megalutis, but he's beat Jesse Delgado. Jesse Delgado was your Big Ten champion last season. He beat him two years ago at the at the UNI Open in 2002, in 2012, 6-1. He's 1-0 against him. He's 1-0 against Connor Yautzee from Michigan. He's 2-0 versus Garrison White from Northwestern. He's 1-0 versus Ryan Taylor from Wisconsin. He hasn't lost to a Big Ten opponent yet. I get it. I understand why Corey Clark is wrestling here. He's been on a hot streak. He's been wrestling very well. Been a very, very interesting battle between him and Thomas Gilman, both freshmen. Clark being from Pleasant Hill, Iowa, went to Southeast Polk. Um, He's a redshirt freshman at 125. It's good for Iowa because we're going to get into 133 shortly, but Tony Ramos is going to graduate. Tony Ramos has had a fantastic career as an Iowa Hawkeye. Um, Really, really represents exactly what the program stands for, but one of these guys is going to have to bump up to 133 next year. And I think that depending on who can maintain their weight at 125, Gilman or Clark's going to bump up. So having that competition, having that level of experience shows what those guys can do. One of those guys is going to step up there and be admirable at 133. I'm not going to necessarily say they're going to win a Big Ten championship or a national championship right away, but both these kids have been able to prove that they can wrestle at 125 in their young careers. And moving up to 133 could be a very, very seemingly easy transition for the two. So Corey Clark is your three seed. Right below him, Bradley Taylor from Wisconsin. He's the four with Connor Yotze from Michigan. Tim Lambert from Nebraska. He's the six seed. Camden Shepard from Purdue is the 7, and Nick Roberts from Ohio State is the 8 seed. It's really interesting in the Big Ten because you've got 12 teams. All 12 teams are represented at the Big Ten Championships. Four wrestlers have to wrestle pigtail matches to get into the tournament. Iowa's very lucky again this year, and no one has to wrestle a pigtail. All the all, Every single wrestler is in the rankings. They're in the pre-seeds, so that's good. Corey Clark, this is a good opportunity for him to really show that he's come that far, that he's able to beat these good, good wrestlers. Because if he gets matched up with a guy like Nico Megalutis or Delgado or even Bradley Taylor, again, who he pinned um, rather quickly in the duel this year, he could show that he deserves to be considered an elite wrestler at 125. He deserves to be considered an elite kid at that weight class. So this is a really good opportunity, I think, for him to get some bonus points for the Hawkeyes because the drop-off after the three seed is pretty significant with those two guys. You look at what he did um, against Taylor. He pinned him in 203. He beat Yautzee 4-1 to in the duel, but that's another opportunity for him to turn that decision into a major decision, get bonus points, because that's what Iowa has to do to win. That's what Iowa has to do. to. You look at anything when you're talking about wrestling it's all about bonus points ask anyone that's ever wrestled anyone that's ever been around the sport it's all about bonus points it's all it's all about getting that extra bump that extra push over top of what you initially were looking at you know you look at okay good decision beat the kid it's all you want to do no now you want to beat the kid you want to beat him by eight no now you want to beat him by 15 let's tech fall him no let's let's pin him let's let's get those bonus points that's what Iowa has to do in order to win in the Big Tens this year, and you look at kind of what's going on um, for a guy like Corey Clark, and basically he's 15-0, and 8-0 and on the season for a dual record. 
He's wrestled very, very well. He had a couple forfeits in the middle of the year. Um, Dylan Peters forfeited from UNI, but he's been a really hot major decision over Garrison White from Northwestern. And as I mentioned, that 4-1 to win over Yautzee from Michigan. And then he pinned him. Number 9, Ryan Taylor, he pinned him in the duel. So, good chance to get bonus points, but he's got to wrestle. He's got to wrestle tough. And you know that the Brands brothers and all those guys at the wrestling room are really getting Corey Clark ready to go because there's no reason why Corey Clark can't win a, can't win a Big Ten title. There really isn't. If he shows up and he wrestles his game... He can beat anyone on this ballot because there's no, there's not really much there beyond Megalutis and Delgado. Corey Clark, pre-seed three. I expect him to place at least third, possibly second or first. Moving on, 133. It's a really, 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 really tough bracket. It's a really incredibly tough um, bracket to wrestle, and I know it's going to be really interesting. Uh, Ramos, he's ranked three in Intermat. He's ranked um, three and two, I believe, in Win Magazine. Um, and then... The open mat, he's also ranked three. So this year, and I remember having a really serious conversation with Tony prior to the season about he doesn't want to be the only the best wrestler to never win a championship as a Hawkeye. And you know, Tony Ramos, he's never won um, a Big Ten championship. He's never won an NCAA championship. He placed third in 2011 as a freshman. He placed he was a runner up in 2012 and 2013 to Steber. And, you know, frankly, Tony Ramos, he's so good when it matters. And he's been able to be that spark plug, getting those extra bonus points and getting those pins when he needs to. You go back and you look at the seeds. You've got Ramos, number one. Graf is number two. David Thorne from Minnesota is number three. Uh, Cash Caroga from Purdue is four. Zane Richards is five. Uh, Johnny DeJulius from Ohio State is six. Jimmy Gulliban from Penn State is seven. Rossi Bruno from Michigan is eight. Sean Nagel's nine. Don Malone's ten. Joe Duca's eleven. 11, and Garth Venner from Michigan State is the 12th seed at 133. You go up and down the Big Ten. Joe Duca from Indiana. Ramos is 1-0. He pinned him in 357. Bruno from Michigan, he's 2-0. He pinned Bruno in 255 in the 2013 duel, and he beat him 6-1 in 2014. Garth Venter from Michigan State. He pinned him 525 in this year's duel. Uh, David Thorne against Minnesota. It's been tough for David Thorne against uh, Tony Ramos. In 2011, he beat him 7-3. In 2011, the Big Ten Championships, he beat him 4-3. Then in the 2011 NCAAs, it was a sudden victory, 7-5. And then the duel this year, he beat him 6-2. Sean Nagel from Nebraska, he's 2-0. He pinned him in 405 in the duel last year. He beat him 15-4 in the duel this year. Don Malone from Northwestern, he pinned him in 524 this season in the 2014 duel against Northwestern. He's never wrestled Johnny Julius from Ohio State. Jimmy Gulliban from Penn State. He's 1-0. He pinned Gulliban in the duel this season uh, five, in 5-22. Cash Caroga from Penn State, or from Purdue, excuse me, beat him 9-5 last year's Big Tens. Beat him 13-5 at the Bindlands uh, this last season. Major decision. Tyler Graff, as I mentioned, he's 2-1. The only guy in this Big Ten championship uh, bracket that has beat Tony Ramos is Tyler Graff. It's been a while, though. It was 2011 in the Big Ten Championships. Graf beat Ramos. Ramos beat Graf 3-1 last year in the Big Tens, and then he beat Graf in the uh, 2013 Big Tens as well. Again, had to beat him again in sudden victory last season. So, Tony Ramos has wrestled very, very well. He's lost a couple times this year. AJ shot from Edinburgh, beat him 3-2 in the duel. And then Joe Cologne pinned him in 237 when they wrestled. So... You look up and down what Tony Ramos has done in his body of work at Iowa and everything that has culminated into his career. Um, he's never lost at Carver Hawkeye Arena. He's 34-0. He was a runner-up in the 2013 NCAA Championships as well as the Big Tens. Tony Ramos has to win. And not only does he have to win, he's got to win convincingly. Uh, you've got to fully expect Tyler Graff to be wrestling Tony Ramos in the championship bracket and the championship match. 
and Ramos has to beat him, and he's got to beat everybody convincingly. This is where Iowa gets their bonus points. This is where Iowa gets the most bonus points in this tournament. Is this bracket Tony Ramos? He's beat everybody up and down this bracket, and frankly, it's not good enough now for Tony Ramos. Nothing is good enough that does not consider standing on the top of that podium receiving that gold medal. You got to win a Big Ten championship. You got to win an NCAA championship if you're Tony Ramos. And that's all that matters. And I could sit here all day and talk about pin, pin, get major decisions, everything else, everything else. Yeah, you got to do that if you're Tony. You've also got to win. Just win the damn thing. That's the most important thing for a wrestler like Tony Ramos. So we're looking at the first two weights, Corey Clark and Tony Ramos. Both guys going to place in the top three. Ramos should win the thing. If he doesn't win the thing, second. There's no way he's going to get below second unless he wrestles with the worst tournament in his entire career at Iowa. Iowa needs to get bonus points in the first two weights. Now we move to 141. 141 and 149 this year have been, I would say, pretty surprisingly good for the Hawkeyes. Josh Jeva at 141 really stepped up this season, I think. Um, He's been very, very up and down, but he's also been very, very good. And that's, when when he's good, he's very good. And that's what Iowa needs at 141 and 149 because... And we're going to get into Brody Grothas here in a little bit at 149. But Josh Jeva comes into this with a very op- good opportunity to do something special. And that is beat someone that's better than you. Beat someone that's beat you before. Because you look at the ranking, you look at how it's all set up. And Josh Jeva, uh, you look at, you look up and down the ranking. He's, he's been in the rankings pretty much all year. He's 13 in Intermat. He's 14 in the Open Mat. And then the Win Magazine rankings, he, he's 19 so you look up and down the Big Ten. Uh, number one seeded Zane Rutherford from Penn State. Logan Steber is number two from Ohio State. Chris Dardanes gets a three seed from Minnesota. Stephen Dutton, he gets the uh, four seed from Michigan. Je- and Jeva's right there at the five seed, right ahead of Steven Rodriguez from Illinois. Danny Sabat- Sabatello from Purdue. And Jesse Thielka from Wisconsin. So at 141, there's room for improvement. You know, you come into this, you're the four seed, you're a junior. Uh, Tom Brands has been on record as saying that he's struggled. You know, he's he's had a hard time coming into his own. And frankly, that's something that, you know, he's really got to try and adjust to and try to make something out of out of nothing, you know, really. And there's no expectations for any for anyone other than Jeva going into this thing, because last year he wrestles up, he wrestles at 141 or excuse me, wrestles at 149. He's up a weight class. And he loses two very, very tough matches. The first one to Andrew Alton from Penn State, and then he he drops down. He ends up getting that bye in the session one uh, consolation round, and then he loses to Caleb Irvin from Illinois, 3-2. to two. two really close matches. He, he made a lot of headway into the Big Ten Championships, and even though he didn't win any matches, he wrestled well. So this is an opportunity for Iowa to not work on bonus points, but work on wins. Just try to get wins. Try to get victories over guys like Chris Dardanes. If Josh Jeva ends up wrestling a kid like Stephen Dutton from Michigan, he can get a win. He absolutely can. So he's got to look at what he can and can't do. And Dutton beat Jeva 3-2 to two in the duel. You look at what Rodriguez from Illinois has done uh, to Jeva. Jeva lost to him 4-3 to three in the Midlands last year. Uh, he did beat him 7-6 to six in the Kaufman brand in 2013. And Rodriguez beat Jeva 9-4 to four in the 2012 Lindenwood. But up and down this thing, you know, Zane Rutherford only beat him 4-2. to two. He's beat Sabatello from Purdue. He's beat Greco from Northwestern. He's beat McChrystal from Nebraska. He's beat Dardanes uh, 1-0 at the duel this year. He can beat these guys. And so he needs, to, he needs to prove that. And I think this is an opportunity for Iowa just to get wins. And that's really all that matters here because you get wins, you qualify for the NCAA championships, and that's really all that matters at 141 as well as 149. And Brody Grothis has the same responsibility, I think. He's number four 
um, in the seeding. He's got three guys ahead of him. Jake Souflon from Nebraska, clearly the favorite here. Um, Grothis comes into this, though, and he's been very surprising. He's ranked nine in Wind Magazine, eight in the open mat, and he's ranked seventh in uh, inner mat. And, you know, I think this is, a, this is a good opportunity for him to get some wins. You look up and down at the guys that are, he's going to be wrestling or the guys in the in the rankings and the precedes here. Jake Souflon from Nebraska, one. Nick Nardanes from Minnesota, he's the number two. Uh, Grothis is 0-1 against him. He lost 5-3 to in the duel this season. And then Jason Sertzis is number three uh, from Northwestern. He's one and one against Sertzis. He lost five to two in the duel this year, but he beat him at the Midlands last year. So the guys below, um, it's going to be tough. You know, you look at a guy like Jake Souflon. He made your decision growthless in the duel last year. Only beat him five to two in the duel this year. But Souflon is he's he's a whole different animal at one forty one or one forty nine. But that doesn't mean that Grothis can't step up and try to make some noise here. Try to evolve as a wrestler. Try to say, look. I want to be all Big Ten. I want to be. I want to be a champion. And as a sophomore from Davenport, he went to Davenport Assumption. He's one of these guys that he can make some noise. He can try to evolve as a wrestler. Try to get to that next level and not only win some matches, but try to get some bonus points. He's wrestled very, very well um, this season. He's had a couple slides a little bit. He lost three in a row. Um, but that's going to happen when you wrestle Souflon, Dardanes, and Sertis. All guys ranked in the top five. You know, he's beat some really good wrestlers as well. Um, he pinned Habat from Edinburgh, a really quick pin in that one. Uh, lost in a major decision earlier in the season, though. Uh, but it's really tough to talk about 149 without talking about the guys behind him as well because Eric Hollis from Michigan is one of these guys that every time you watch him, you're always c- considering, how is this guy still good? How is he good? How does he continue to win? Because he wrestles sloppy, he wrestles lazy, but he wins. So not only does Brody Grothis need to work on and pay attention to improving, he's got to make sure those guys below him stay below him. Even Ian Paddock from Ohio State, James English from Penn State, and then Brandon Nelson from Purdue are the guys below him. Uh, 149, not a weak weight class. The top four or five guys are all really good. Uh, but below that, James English is probably the one wrestler from Penn State that's maybe not going to qualify. John Gingrich will probably um, also qualify there for 285. Um, but the way the the way that they're all set up is, you know, the Big Ten is going to qualify so many guys that it's not. It's going to be very very difficult for um, those guys not to qualify. So, Brody Grothis at 149, good opportunity to try and get top three. I think that's probably the expectation. So, through the first four weight classes, we're looking at Corey Clark, get top three. Tony Ramos, win. That's it. Josh Jeva, try to get top three. Um, you got to get top five. Get top three, hopefully. And then 149, Brody Grothis, all you have to do is beat one of them. You just got to beat Souflan, Dardanes, or Sertis, and you're in the top three, I think. So, Iowa, after four weight classes, is in pretty good shape. Uh, then we get into 157. Derek St. John. Derek St. John was the national champion last year in the NCAAs, and he's the four seed. Isaac Jordan from Wisconsin, James Green from Nebraska, and Dylan Ness from Minnesota, all ahead of Derek St. John in the pre-seeds. St. John right ahead of Dylan Alton and Taylor Walsh um, from Penn State and Indiana. Derek St. John is ranked number four by Win Magazine, Intermat and the Open Mat. He's ranked four in all the rankings. He's beat almost every single one of these wrestlers by an undefeated clip. The one guy that is really, really tough 
for Derek St. John is James Green. He beat him last year at the at the Big Tens, and he's two and two against him. You know, Green beat him uh, uh, five to four at the Big Tens. He beat him nine to seven at the duel this year. And Derek St. John, I don't want to say it's been a disappointing season for him because it really hasn't. Uh, he's wrestled well, but he hasn't wrestled well down the stretch. He lost three to one uh, to Isaac Jordan from Wisconsin in the duel this year, and you know he's had a couple losses. And after winning, you know, a bunch of matches to start the season, he's beat some really really good wrestlers uh, from Michigan. He beat Brian Murphy three to one. He beat James Vorath. From from Penn State um, in the duel, but he's he's had a hard time. He lost to James Green. He lost to Dylan Ness. He lost to Isaac Jordan. And now you find him in the four seed here at the Big Ten Championships. And there is no reason to there's no reason to expect Derek St. John not to at least get top three. I think he's going to win the thing. I, I I truly do. Watching him wrestle these guys, watching him wrestle James Green in the past, I think he's going to win the thing because I think I think he needs to go, and that's that's the key. He's a senior. He's from around. He's from Iowa City. Went to Iowa City West or Parnell, I believe, is actually where he's from. But he's got to win. Win. That's it. Derek St. John has to win, and he's got to win convincingly while doing it. I know he won't because that's not how he wrestles. He wrestles close to the vest. He wrestles tight. He's got to win the thing. He's got to win the Big Tens, and that's something that you know the expectation there is really tough. Um, he won the Big Tens in 2012, placed second in 2011. He got third last year. He's been a Big Ten champion before. He's been an NCAA champion. He's got to do both this year for Iowa to be successful. They just have to. They've got to have their good wrestlers be good. And that there's no other way to, to describe that. So through the first five weights, I'm thinking, you know, there's no reason why all five guys can't at least be in the conversation to win titles. And that goes back to what I started the program here with the podcast. Iowa's expectation is to win. You don't lose. You win. You win Big Ten championships. You win NCAA championships. Everything that's put in front of you, you conquer it. You beat it. And that's the Iowa way. That's the Iowa wrestling way. And I know that, you know, it's hard to say the way of something or that's the Iowa way, but it is. And that's the trend. It's been that way forever. My entire lifetime and beyond, it's been that way. Go back to Dan Gable. Go back to even when the Zaleskis were coaching at Iowa. I know towards the end of their careers, um, it was different. But it win. That's all it comes down to is Iowa's got to win. So I'm going to break down the final five weight classes in the Big Ten Championships coming up this weekend in Madison, Wisconsin at the Kohl Center. I'm going to be there. It's going to be a good time. Tickets are still available for that. There are not tickets in the Iowa section available, but you can still get those tickets at the Big Ten Championship website. Go to uh, btn.com or big10.com to get tickets for that at the Cole Center in, Ma- in Madison. If you're considering going up, not a bad drive. Lots of places to stay. Lots of fun in Madison for the weekend. So when I get back here on the Hawkeyes Mike Wrestling Podcast, we're going to break down 165, 174, 184, 197, and 285 heavyweight. You're listening to the Hawkeyes Mike Wrestling Podcast. I'm Tyler Chumlin, KGYM Radio in Eastern Iowa. Be back after this brief break. <laughs> HawkeyesMike.com. It's sports talk radio on the internet. Just for you, the Iowa fan. All sports, all Hawks, all the time. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. (laughs) How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer, protects your hands all day. Stays on up to 10 washings, moisturizes, alcohol-free, and safe for the kids. So go ahead, touch anything and everything. Ew, a toilet. Prefins, keep your hands germ-free all day.
Just a reminder that you can participate in our shows by offering your own comments and opinions on the Hawks. The toll-free hotline is available 24 hours a day. Call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Visit HawkeyesMike.com, go to the news and events section, and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes, and you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. Welcome back to the Hawkeyes Mike Wrestling Podcast here on HawkeyesMike.com. I'm Tyler Trumlin joining you here. The Big Ten Championships coming up this weekend in Madison, Wisconsin. The Iowa Hawkeyes coming in. Number three ranked in the overall coaches poll rankings right behind Minnesota and Penn State. Fellow Big Ten teams also in the rankings. Number seven, Michigan. Number eight, Nebraska. Number 11, Ohio State. And then number 15, Wisconsin. Northwestern's in at number 19, Illinois. Number 20. Lots of Big Ten teams in the rankings. We knew that coming in. We knew that that was going to be the case. So going forward, we've got five more weights to break down. And I don't want to say that this is where it's so tough to break down all 10 weights. And you want to look at, you know, the expectation, as I mentioned in the first half of the program here, is to win every single one. But with Iowa only having one pre-seed number one um, in the rankings, it's going to be tough for Iowa to win in every single bout. But the key the key this weekend is clearly to get one, two, three, four, five champions. Because Iowa didn't have any last year. They had four guys wrestling championship matches. None of those guys win. Let's talk now about the next weight class on our list here. 165. Nick Moore, the number two seed. Nick Moore has wrestled the number three seed, Pierce Harger, from Northwestern four times. He beat him in 2013 at Flanagan. He beat him, pinned him 2-22. He beat him in the Big Tens last year, 7-2. Beat him at the Midlands this year, 7-4. Beat him at the Duels this year, 7-3. There is a huge drop-off from 2-3 to to 4 and all the way down to the bottom. David Taylor from Penn State, he's the clear favorite. He's the clear favorite in the NCAAs. Uh, David Taylor is one of the best wrestlers that we've ever seen. Um, He just dominates. He destroys people. And that's what Nick Moore's up against. He's got to try and beat David Taylor. And it's it's tough because he's struggled. He wrestled him last year. He got tech falled in the duel 18 to 2, got tech falled at the Big Tens last year, 15 to nothing. And it it was bad. It was cat and mouse. Really tough to watch. Only a major decision at the duel this year, though, 12 to 3. He's getting better. When David Taylor graduates, everyone's going to have a sigh of relief <laughs> because he's been so good. Um, and if, you, if you're going to the championships, if you're going to watch anything on television or whatever, really, really pay attention to David Taylor. He's a special wrestler. But Nick Moore's got to figure out a way to try and keep it close, try to try to beat him. And, you know, really, in order to beat him, um, I don't think beating him as far as win-loss is maybe what I'm considering here. Try to keep it only to a decision if that comes down to that. Uh, Nick Moore's got to take care of business, though. And, you know, you look up and down the the uh, seeds here. Ryan LeBlanc uh, from Indiana, he's 1-0 against Dan Yates from Michigan. He's 1-0 against Bobby Nash from Michigan State. He's 1-0 against Zoverberg from Minnesota. Beat him at the duel 3-2. That one could be a very interesting match. Uh, Zoberberg, Zoberberg is number 6 in the seeds here. Uh, then Austin Wilson from Nebraska, he's 2-0 against him. He pinned him at the duel last year and then beat him 8-2 in this year's duel. He's never wrestled Grand Dominico from Ohio State. Uh, I told you what he did against Harger as well as Taylor. Pat Robinson from Purdue, he's 2-0. He uh, made your decision him and then he pinned him on the duel last year and then this year and then Ben Cox from Wisconsin he beat him 18 to 4 in this year's duel so Nick Moore probably going to get second um I think it's just a realist just 
reality that he's probably going to end up in that second spot on the podium at the end of the day. But, you know, this is a good opportunity for him to try and continue to get better. Every time a wrestler wrestles, a great wrestler, it's an opportunity to get better. And that's what Nick Moore's got ahead of him today and this weekend. So he's got to beat the guys that he's better than probably, and he's probably going to lose to David Taylor. But getting second place is great. He's going to qualify for the NCAAs, and that's really all that matters for Nick Moore. Moving on to 174, this could be the most fun weight to watch at the tournament because it's so even from one, two, three, and four. And I say that because Mike Evans is right there in the three seed. You've got Robert Kokish from Nebraska. He's right there at the number one seed. He's wrestled Mike Evans five times in the last two seasons. Evans beat him seven to three at the duel in 2012. Evans tech fold him seven to two at the Big Tens in 2012. Evans beat him nine to six at the duel last year. Now, this next year, NCAAs come up. Kokish beats him at the NCAAs 3-2. Kokish beat him at the duel this year 7-3. Kokish is the number one. Then the number two is Matt Brown. Uh, he's 2-1 he's and one against uh, Mike Evans. Evans beat him in 2013 at the duel. Brown beat him at the Big Tens last year, and then he beat him 4-1 to one at the duel this year. So those three guys are going to really combat and compete against each other for the top three seeds. And then you toss in Logan Storley, and he's 3-1 and one against Mike Evans. Storley beat him in 2013. Storley beat him at the National Duels in 2013. And then he beat him at the NCAAs in 2013. But Mike Evans beat him at the Duel this year. So it could go back and forth. I think all four of these wrestlers are going to be very, very even, very, very good. Um, Mike Evans needs to win, (laughs) frankly. And that's kind of something that we've been talking about all season with Mike. And, you know, he's just got to go in and he's got to go in and be a bat out of hell and try to do everything he possibly can to win because that's this is a weight where Iowa can either win the thing or end up fourth or fifth. And if Iowa ends up fourth or fifth, they're not going to win the tournament. They've got they've got to get Mike Evans to score points. They've got to get Mike Evans to win. And this is really a good opportunity for Mike Evans to take that next step. He was runner-up in 2012 and he was runner-up in 2013. Be there, Mike Evans. Be there and win. That's all it comes down to. Um, He's pinned guys this year. He pinned seven guys. Uh, it's a career high for him in the last three seasons. So he's going to try and win. So we're through 174. Every single weight class is probably going to be an Iowa top three finish uh, outside of maybe 149 with Brody Grothis. And they should expect that. And they should at least have one or two champions through the through 174, I think. Now we get into 184. Ethan Lofthouse is going to wrestle. He's a senior Sammy Brooks has been wrestling quite a bit this year um, at 184 for him. Ah, I, it's just it's going to be really tough for Lofthouse. I know he's he's really struggled um, against Ed Ruth, uh, who's the number one seed from Penn State. Kevin Steinhouse is the number two seed from Minnesota. He's one and one against Steinhouse. He beat him uh, three to two this year in the or last year in the NCAA's, excuse me. And then Steinhouse beat him in the duel last year. They haven't wrestled since. He's 0-5 against Ruth. He got beat 10-3 in the 2011 duel. He got beat 3-2 in the 2011 Big Tens. Got major decision in 2012 in the duel. Last year's Big Tens, 10-1. And then this year's duel, 12-4. Ed, Ed Ruth is human. We know that now. He's lost since. So there's that. But and I don't know what the legacy for Ethan Lofthouse is going to be at Iowa. Because he hasn't been... He's placed third in all three seasons. It's, it's probably that simple. He's been third in all three seasons. He's ranked number four right now uh, nationally by Intermat and the Open Mat, and number five by Win Magazine. Get second or third. I mean, that's probably what you're looking at. If you can get an upset over Ed Ruth, then fantastic. That'd be incredible for the team scoring. Probably not going to happen. 
Uh, Steinhaus could maybe beat Ruth too, depending on where everyone or where everything's at. What Ethan Loftus has to do is he's got to wrestle each and every match individually, and that's really it. That's what it comes down to. Uh, it's very important for him to step up and do some good things. This is really the last hurrah for Ethan Loftus. He really has had a fantastic career at Iowa. Um, he really has, and to place third all three seasons, and then you're going in the third preseed um, at 184 coming into your senior year. It's tough. Beat a guy. It's all it comes down to. Beat a guy. Every single time that we're looking at this so far, I've got Penn State and I've got Minnesota guys all in the top right there with Iowa guys. This is a chance for Ethan Lofthouse to beat one of those two guys. It's that simple. Plain and simple. Beat one of them. You're helping your team out and you're helping yourself out individually. So that's what it comes down to. 197, Nathan Birak. Birak has had a good season. He really has uh, the sophomore from Colorado. He's been very, very good. He qualified for the NCAAs last year as a freshman. Uh, Didn't look like he was comfortable last year, really. He's looked much more comfortable this season. Uh, His only loss coming recently was to Scott Schiller from Minnesota, 16-5. But he beat Alex Polizzi from Northwestern. He ended the season on a nice little winning streak. Uh, He's been good, you know, and he comes into this. He's he's a number five seed. Morgan McIntosh from Penn State is the number one seed, uh, and that's expected. We knew that was probably going to happen for McIntosh. Um, he's never wrestled him, so there's that. I guess that might be a good thing. Uh, Nick Heflin from Ohio State, he comes in as the number two seed, also never wrestled Birak. Scott Schiller from Minnesota, as I mentioned, he's 4-0 and against Birak, though. Uh, he beat Birak 3-1 to in overtime in the duel last year. In the national duels, he beat him 9-3, to beat him in sudden victory in the Big Tens last year, and then he beat him 16-5. to It was a major decision this last year in the duel. So, good opportunity there to maybe get some get a win against a guy like Schiller uh, for Birak to be his first win against him in his career. Right below, right below him, Braden Atwood from Purdue. He's 0-2 against Braden Atwood as well. Uh, really close matches of 4-1 and 5-4, two times that they have wrestled. So there's a good opportunity for Nathan Birak to maybe get a win. Uh, the guy right behind him, though, Mario Gonzalez, he's a guy that, you know, he's... Two and one against Birak, and having him seated ahead of him is always tough. A lot of that comes down to who you beat recently, how everything has transpired this season. Uh, but the last time they wrestled was the Big Tens last year. They wrestled each other twice. Birak won the first one. Gonzalez won the second one. Same score, three to two, both times. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out, how that transpires. But you know, he's got to try and win. He's got to try and I think he's got to try and place top four, top three. Uh, it's a stacked bracket, but he's part of that. I think, you know, being that 5C right below him, Gonzalez, Alex Polizzi from Northwestern's right below as well. Uh, Wisconsin's uh, Tom, Timmy McCall's number 8. Nick McDiarmond, he's uh, Michigan State's number 9C. Caleb Cobb from Nebraska's 10. Chris Hill from Michigan's 11. And Garrett Goldman from Indiana's the 12 seed. So, Burek's got to win. He's, he's another one of these weight classes that if he can just win matches, that helps Iowa. He doesn't need to consider, you know, focusing on bonus points here and bonus points there. If he can get them, great. Just win. That's really it. Which now brings us to our final weight class, and that is heavyweight, 285. Bobby Telford, the junior. Bobby. Bobby Telford placed second uh, at the Midlands this last year. He's lost a couple matches down the stretch here. He lost to uh, Mike McMullen from Northwestern, Adam Kuhn from Michigan, and Connor Medbury as well. Uh, he comes in as the four seed behind uh, Kuhn and McMullen as well as Shelfant from Indiana. He's lost to Kuhn twice this year. He beat Shelfant in the duel. What makes me really, really concerned here is the last two seasons at the Big Tens, he just hasn't been able to step up, really. Um, 2012, he finished uh, runner-up as the sixth seed, which is good. I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, he placed third last year. 
at the Big Tens. Bobby Telford has had a very interesting career at Iowa because every time I watch him wrestle, it always seems like he's not doing what he can do to win, even though he wins. And he's very, very strong. He's a very, he's an ox. I mean, that's the best way to describe Bobby Telford is he's a beast out there on the mat. And he tries to use his muscles and, he, and it works and it helps and, you know, that's good. But we saw that in the in the loss to Adam Kuhn. And we saw that in the loss to Mike McMullen. Guys that are, I don't want to necessarily say they're more, more fundamentally sound than Bobby Telford, but they've got a finesse factor to him and they win. That's how they beat him. So looking back at what he's done, he's ranked number five in all three magazines. I think he's, he's got to go into this considering trying to win. That's basically it. Um, Iowa needs the bonus points. They need the points if he can get them. And frankly, that's you know the only that's kind of the ultimatum here <laughs> for Bobby Telford is is win and that's it. So can he become a Big Ten champion? Yeah, absolutely. Could he also get third or fourth? Absolutely. Iowa needs to have Telford, Lofthouse, Burak, and Grothus all wrestle really, really well this weekend, I think. Uh, you're going to get good wrestling from Ramos and St. John. You're going to get good wrestling from Nick Moore, even though he may not win. You're going to get good wrestling, you would assume and hope, from Mike Evans. This is kind of his time of the year that he usually wrestles well. Corey Clark's going to be right there. I think that those four weight classes are the big ones, and the, the bottom three weight classes are where it could be won or lost. What you don't want if you're an Iowa fan, and I know that's the main demographic here, that's the main uh, listenership of this podcast, and I appreciate that, um, and that's why I, that's why I do this um, on HawkeyesMike.com. Um, it's an Iowa slants and Iowa bias a little bit here um, because I've grown up following Iowa wrestling and I'm around the program and around the wrestlers and the coaches and everything. Um, but frankly, I think it's time to go. I think that watching this program growing up and watching you know all the great wrestlers and being around guys like Mark Ironside and Dan Gable and the Brands is, um, and everyone else involved in the pro- program, Ryan Morningstar, it's important to do good things and do big things um, as an Iowa wrestler. Iowa's got to win the Big Tens, I think. And they've got to exceed expectations because going into this thing, I think they're probably third favored. Um, They'd probably be the third favored team behind Penn State and Minnesota. So do it. That's it. Frankly, that's it. Do it. Walk into the Kohl Center this weekend, Saturday morning, bright and early for weigh-ins. Have a way of carrying yourself about you. Go in there and wrestle. Go in there and wrestle with passion. Go in there and wrestle uh, the best you possibly can. And if you do that, you're going to win. And that's how Iowa needs to consider this. Their backs are up against the wall, but they've got to fight it. They've got a puncher's chance, and they've got a chance to win, I think. And that's not just because I you know, I don't want to be biased or anything like that, but I think this year Penn State has been proven to be human. Uh, not only the team, but each individual wrestler outside of maybe David Taylor. Uh, Minnesota, same thing. They've been proven to be human. Um, these three teams have a very legitimate chance, each and every one of them, to win this thing. So, Big Ten Championships this weekend. It's at the Kohl Center. You can still get tickets. They're still available for all the sessions Saturday, Saturday as well as the championship session on Sunday afternoon. I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. We're going to have another one of these coming up next week, hopefully, uh, prior to the NCAAs after the Big Ten Championships. I know it's been a little while. I've been kind of busy. It's been a it's been a fun, uh, fun, eventful, and also a terribly, terribly terrible weather um, this winter. So, Hawkeyes Mike Wrestling Podcast, I really appreciate you listening. Check out all of our other stuff here at Hawkeyes Mike. We do a lot of stuff during football season. I know Marv Cook's on quite a bit with a lot of the Cedar Rapids Gazette guys, Scott Docterman, uh, those guys as well on HawkeyesMike.com. Check it out. The product's great. Podcast next week again. Again, I'm Tyler Chumlin. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Enjoy the Big Ten Championship. <laughs>